Welcome to Bite Size Jazz, a music discovery podcast with a taste of new albums and new artists. If you're in a listening rut, you've come to the right place because you can check out new music in less than 10 minutes with the inside scoop from the artists themselves. Learn more at bitesizejazz.com or by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. I'm Stephanie Steele. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Roxy Koss, and I just released my new album, Disparate Parts. Roxy Koss is a saxophonist, composer, band leader, recording artist, educator, and activist. She's the founder and president of the Women in Jazz organization. Like anyone, it's easy to get caught up in the many moving parts of your life. Without hardly noticing, you start to compartmentalize. And then it feels hard to show up equally to all parts of your life. I was wanting to be more myself in any given situation and feeling like I wasn't allowing myself to access parts of myself in certain places because it didn't feel safe or I didn't, you know, trust myself or trust the people I'm with uh, to show that side of myself. But at a certain point realizing like that's holding me back because if I'm not showing someone who I am, they can't even like it. They can't even decide for themselves, you know, and it might be great. I might be the perfect person for that situation, but I'm not allowing myself to show that that's what I can offer. Not to mention that in addition to all those other things that she's doing, Roxy recently became a new mother. She's had to shift her priorities, make tough decisions, and make some sacrifices because let's face it, it is hard to practice when you have a brand new baby. You know, somebody would listen to that and say, oh, so having a musician made you a worse saxophonist. And it's like, well, maybe, you know, it, I, I certainly didn't like turn into Chris Potter or Michael Brecker during this year. But um, but I think in terms of how are you playing the music, it has created a different sense of urgency. Roxy was telling me that she listened to a recording from the middle of the pandemic before her baby was born at a time when she was practicing almost nonstop. That's technically the highest level I've ever achieved. Like I was all over the horn more from for my standards, right? Like just more technically demonstrating than I'd ever done in the past. I don't know that I like it better. <laughs> like <laughs> It, it kind of sometimes you're like that's all I can hear is like oh I'm just like it's like okay what else she contrasted that experience with some new gigs after the pandemic when life was picking up getting back to its normal crazy hectic speed but this time with a new baby I have not had that much fun playing music in years years and years and years and it's like being able to like feel that gratitude and excitement and then put that in the music I think you're able to give something more deep to the audience. And that makes sense because like that's literally all you're doing all day as a parent is like giving yourself to this person. And so as a musician, it's teaching you that, which is maybe the most important thing (laughs) as a musician. Way back before the pandemic and the baby came, Roxy was working on some new compositions. The more the music emerged, the more she realized it was a manifestation of these disparate parts of her life. Ultimately, the music formed a four-movement suite. The body, the heart, the mind, and the spirit. The first movement was very grounded, thus its name, the body. The beginning is these two minor chords, and it's, it's nothing fancy, right? It's not intellectual. Um, 
It's not sentimental. It has no melody. And it's just about a feeling and a groove. And it's the texture and the, the earthiness of music. And then it goes into, you know, swing and it has a melody. But the melody is very simple by itself. What makes it kind of swing again is the rhythm. And that feels like the body to me more than any other part of the self. <laughs> um, and, and with both grooves, even the rock and the swing, they're just like hard hitting. Um, and it just feels like, oh, this feels good. You know, it's not really, the chord changes are, are simple chords. They're functional harmony. Um, and there's no like crazy hard thing in it. Movement 2, The Mind, invites a cerebral listening experience. It's one that kind of has a really meandering song form. Um, and I start with kind of an ethereal soundscape on the front of it, which we did post-production. But um, Alex, the guitarist, Alex Wentz and I, recorded the intro just kind of playing what I think of as textures over these chords that are this first set of chords in the first section of the melody when I come in and then we kind of made it sound like it was emerging um which I think is like a thought right it starts very like and then you're like oh <laughs> there it is um so then I come in at the top of the tune and the melody is very kind of uh, plotting and da 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 and it's, you know, it starts in five, it has some time signature changes, um, and it's pretty intense, and it's complicated, and it's twisty, and um, the, the phrases in the solo section are not really necessarily expected, it, it kind of, it's sort of like overthinking. Movement three, the heart, switches up the groove to reflect the love and pain that we experience in life. It's deceptively hard to play, and um, I think that's kind of heart-like. The heart is complicated, and it seems like it should be simple, and it's not. <laughs> like, ballads sound easy, but they're usually the hardest thing to play. And um, yeah, just something that was a little bit more romantic, bittersweet. It's in three, four, but it's not really like waltzy but it kind of is a waltz and it did strike me as more of a ballad as well to me this is the ballad within the suite even though it's not a traditional ballad movement for the spirit begins with an ethereal sound and that one to me is like not the physical so like that there's this idea that there's something that we can't explain and you know, not even the heart. The heart is like the emotions and all of that, but just this kind of thing of like that you are you at any time in your life, no matter what decisions you make, um, you know, and that you affect others even when you're not present. And so I kind of play over the entire tune. I don't really, I didn't stop playing and I kind of mixed it and played with dynamics in a way that brings me to the forefront or in the background 
And so like at one point, arguably it's a guitar solo, but we're all kind of playing, we have staggered entrances, but once we're in, we're all playing through the whole thing. And it's like more about collective improvisation and just shaping it as a band. And we kind of take that melody and the, the melody is being played the whole time underneath um, by somebody or multiple people at certain points. Um, and to me, that was the, ch it's like a chant. So it's a meditation, it's spiritual, it's a spiritual tune. There's also the title track, Disparate Parts, which is technically not part of the suite, but it carries the same idea of those four movements. Within the tune itself, it has all these different parts. Each part is completely different musically. Um, and I actually feature four out of the five members of the band on solos and it goes a million weird places and I think it's kind of quirky. Another song that was written around the same time as The Suite, though not related thematically, is Mabes. Roxy dedicated the song to pianist Harold Mayburn, a longtime friend and mentor, who unfortunately passed away in 2019. Roxy met him when she was 16 and ended up studying at William Patterson University because of him. You know, he was a, a living legend and just so supportive and he came to my Smalls gigs and would sit in the front row and just be cheering us on and I just always felt like whenever I saw him he made me feel like I belonged there, like I belong in jazz, like I should play this music, that he appreciates my music, that it's, you know, adding value to people. And that encouragement is a huge gift especially considering the constant inner critic that seems to consistently plague all musicians. If you don't have that, please come talk to me. I would love to know how you do it. It's a constant roller coaster ride with your ego battling between two very different sides. You have this side of you that goes, I'm not good enough, that wasn't good enough. And that's, that's where the imposter syndrome can sit. Um, but then you, you know, you need that because you need to say like, what do I want to get better at? Because otherwise you see people who got to a certain level of artistry and then they kind of said like, I'm cool, I'm good. I'm happy with where I'm at. And then they actually, I think that they sound worse even though like objectively they're the same. But when you're not growing, there's a certain lack of something and maybe it's just energy or something. But so you need to know what you want to be getting better at always. But then on the other hand, like you need to believe in yourself enough to say what you want to say, because otherwise like you won't say it. <laughs> so like to put anything out there, let alone a record, you need to be like, this is great. It's worth listening to, because if you don't say that, no one else will think it, you know, um, and just even to get a composition out there or to play a solo ever, you have to have that side of you that says like, I'm great. Here I am. Here's what I have to say and just say it. If you're interested in learning more about Roxy Koss, you can head to the episode description for a link to her website and a link to stream or purchase her album, Disparate Parts. And if you'd like to support the podcast and the work we do to spread the word about new artists, there's a link below to buy me a coffee. I'm Stephanie Steele. Thanks for listening to Bite Size Jazz.